That dude was so weird. Lucian Freud. Yeah. Don't know him. He's I'm a terrible Freud's artist. grandson. Yeah. For direct lineage. He's Sigmund Freud's oh, grandson. Oh, yeah. He's the, he was the most famous British painter. So at some point they're like, well, we should have him paint the queen. This is a terrible idea because he makes everyone look fucking ugly. And at this point, the queen was like 80. And there's a picture of him painting the queen with the queen sitting there. And you're like, what? And he's painting her worse than she looks. In like, and you're like, dude, whose idea was this? It was crazy. Wow. But yeah, I'm, I'm a big, I love that guy. He has a book out now that's so expensive. I want to say it's basically the everything book. It's 500 bucks. I've been around my man, Kevin, when he just is sitting there with a the sketchbook. I'm, I'm sitting excited. here with one of my favorite people. He is an artist. He's a stand-up. He's an actor. He's got a, a, an extensive IMDb page. Okay. It's quite impressive. I mean, I try hard. He's a resident of Los Angeles, and he's a good person. He's also a <laughs> podcaster. <laughs> yeah. He's my friend Kevin Christie. Kevin, hey. say hello. Welcome hey. to the BrandoCast. Hey. All right, let me tell you what the shtick of the Brando cast is. I'm going to tell you right now. What, what I'm going to do with Mr. Kevin Christie is I'm going to read Kevin the Wikipedia-style history of, of an artist, a musician that he might know, he might not know, might not like, might like, but we're going to do a little bit of a deep dive okay. today. And for you, Mr. Christie, I picked Ronnie James Dio. Fuck yeah. Ronnie James Dio. Get just before we really get into it, give me your first impressions of Ronnie James Dio. I mean the horns. Yes. Obviously. Right, the metal horns. Replaced Ozzy in Sabbath. Yes. All of he is all of five foot three. Yes. And within that structure possesses so much of Satan's power. Yes. I I'm I don't I'm not necessarily I don't own any Ronnie James Dio albums, but as a dude. I'm in. Okay. All well, black. We're gonna all do the we're time. gonna do we're gonna do a little bit we're gonna do a little bit of a dive on Dio for you. <laughs> Ronald James Patavona. Yeah. That's his real name. So Italian. Yes, born July 12, 1942. Known professionally as Dio. He's an American heavy metal singer, songwriter, and composer. He fronted and founded numerous groups throughout his career, including Elf. That was his first band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rainbow, Black Sabbath, and his own band, Dio. Dio. Now, Dio was born in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, where his family resided for his father's service in the Army during World War II. They moved uh, shortly after the war to Cortland, New York, and that's where he began his music career in 1957 as part of a, ba- a, part of a band called the Vegas kings later called ronnie and the rounders so back in the day back in the day before metal ronnie was just doing typical 50s style music in 1967 he formed the rock band elf and they became (laughs) a hilarious a regular opening act you're hilarious (laughs) right self-aware and elf became a regular opening act for the band deep purple now I'm i'm gonna jump off right here because this is where ronnie's ronnie's career really changed when the legendary Richie Blackmore, the guitarist, left Deep Purple, mm-hmm. and he basically turned to the band Elf and said, you guys are my band now. Oh. Ronnie, you're going to be my first lead singer. We're going to take some of these guys, we're going to get rid of some of these guys, and we're going to make a band called Rainbow. Okay. And that's, uh, that was really the beginning of Ronnie's 
uh, famous musician. Uh, Did career. Rainbow get a deal and put out a record? Oh, yeah. Is Rain- Rainbow rad? Oh, well, you don't know Rainbow. No. Okay, well, why don't we, before we really get into stuff, why don't I we just, let me just tell you about bands. Rainbow. So I think Richard Sheltinga can play the first Rainbow song for you because right out the gate. Yeah. This was a big FM hit. This Man on the Silver Mountain. From the first record. From the first record that Richie Blackmore did with Ronnie. This is so, because this song is like, it's like banging its head against the ceiling of heavy metal. Right. But it's it's 1975. Yeah, it's still kind of like just rock. Yeah. Wow. Someone's screaming my name. Yeah. But it has hints of mysticism. No, no. It's like it's it's a thin lizzy red Tolkien too much. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you have like, are there five guitarists in this band? But also it's about demons and wizards and shit. Yeah, right. Now, Ronnie wrote the lyrics for Rainbow. You can hear him want his voice wanting to like break out a little and the, there's like no 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 and he's like no no just let me scream this whole thing <laughs> and you can hear in his head he's like one day one day it's just gonna be my voice <laughs> come down with fire come down with fire god i love Lift your spirit li- higher lyrics like this are so good they're so vague have you ever written a song no i've written a song like songs as a joke like but i love lyrics there's that kind of vague rock lyric where they're like great musicians like we just need some fucking lyrics <laughs> it's like van halen's jump jump might as well jump jump go ahead and jump jump well i don't think anyone was ever listening to van halen for lyrics but just like re- you know reach for the fire it'll get you higher let the spirit wrap well, around me- metal you metal dudes were never the most sophisticated people they that's like- what zepp made zeppelin rad is they were like they went full tolkien <laughs> Right. And, 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 you know, it's, it's, you know, that to me is like, they realize like, we're not poets. So let's just talk about very, get very specific about like wizards and, 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 and magic and shit. Were you into wizards and magic and, and, and shit when you were I was uh, not a little at dude? All. Like I wasn't. You weren't a Dungeons D&D player? And, no, I was a comic book kid. You were a comic book kid. What yeah. were your comics? X-Men. Uh-huh. Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Like very 90s. Spawn. Like, cause it was just drawings. All I cared about was a drawing. You so, were drawn to comics because of the. Of I the just drawing. was copying drawings. So right. anything there was like four or five artists I liked. So it was whatever they were drawing. Right. Who were your artists? Uh, I loved Todd McFarlane. Mm-hmm. Spawn. Uh, Spawn. He and Spider Man originally. Jim Lee. Jim Lee did X Men for a while. That guy. I got to talk to him on a podcast, and he was like, "Hey, how's it going?" I was like, "I'm going to stop you. I'm going to list you the things I learned to draw by copying you." Like the dude. He's still rad. And uh, yeah, Jim Lee, there's a guy named Dale Keown that was really great. But then Frazetta, like Frank Frazetta, I didn't understand what paintings were. No, wait, how to Frazetta paint. is the guy from like the 60s and 70s yeah. who would draw like yeah, yeah. a Viking woman in barely a bikini fighting a polar bear. Was yeah. that sort yep. of his yep. 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 like yep. fantasy? 100%. Like For, a Viking woman uh, riding like an a eagle. A black jaguar. Right. Okay. Yeah, like with a sword, like Conan the Barbarian. That just kind of, which you see a lot of that in like, you know, Man of Wars album art. Right. A lot of heavy metal album art is Frazetta 
comes from Frazetta. Well, I think Molly Hatchett may have even used some probably, Frazetta. Probably he probably dance. did some I'm I would be shocked if he hadn't. There probably some like All that stuff really freaked me out when I was a kid though because like in the 70s if I would see if I would see a, a magazine heavy metal or if mm-hmm. I would see like a cartoon late night on the USA channel and I would see like a hot viking woman yeah. about to be raped by a giant like 20 yeah. foot snake i that it was really too much me in a bad way it was too as a young kid like i bought comic books but i would look at heavy metal magazine in the magazine store at like you know a tower records yeah. and i never bought it because yeah. it was like too much it, it, like, it was almost like, worse than porn because someone it, drew it, was it so because someone when you make a decision <laughs> yeah. to, to sit down and go i'm gonna this yeah. polar bear is gonna rape this viking lady you drew it yeah. i once in my life i drew something that you could say was pornographic and i was like this is so weird was it an art class uh assignment no 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 no, no, no. this is like just being, came out of your head i was like 12 and i was like i can draw naked ladies and i was like let's <laughs> draw one doing this and afterwards i was like nope no ma'am and then and that's where i started to realize the psychology of someone who draws that stuff is is there's only a few there's a couple artists I really like that who's you could say their art is sexual but most of them it just feels pervy to me yeah it has to go past that into to the, the greatest artist to me that makes art that's sexual is Tom of Finland mm-hmm. because he's obviously all about a very specific looking type of dude but he takes as much time with the tree behind the dude as he does the dude. Understood. And therein lies the genius. Oh, and wow. that's when it becomes art art to me. Well, you're an artist, so you're you're seeing that. That's Well, that's- I'm also a straight dude, so the fact that I was drawn to Tom of Finland not being a gay male right. was like, wait, what is going on here that I love this art so much? Interesting. Is he the guy that draws... Motorcycle dudes. Right. He, I mean, as far as like right. establishing but the style in like of a bike. mid-century sort of style? 50s and 60s. Yeah. So it's like a, a 60s cop tying another dude as a sailor to a tree right as and they did as they did <laughs> and the, you know it's all very secret it's it all it was hidden this is in the 60s he's making this stuff which is punker than shit and did, you know all the guys have the exact same body and just the most amazing nipples you've ever seen and the because that guy's probably into nipples i don't know what he's in. he's in the dudes period like right. a like a buff masculine totally dude. fair he's into masculine men it wasn't like twinks it's like right. buff big strapping you know cops like military guys and it is a even as a teenager i was like this stuff is rad i can't tell anyone i think it's rad right now but when i'm in my 30s i won't be as freaked out about telling everyone it's rad well you knew it was well done too it was so well done is not even the word it's perfect wow he does they're perfect drawings I, there's a the drawing on the back of the Guns N' Roses Appetite for Description. Robert Williams. Robert Williams. Mm-hmm. So it's basically a robot hopping over a fence yeah. about to rape a woman who's I already been already, raped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's coming back for a second. And that, that was Even another that, one where yeah. I was like, I can't have this album in my collection no. because that's really fucked and up. And it sucks because the, the, the cover is perfect. Robert Williams is one amazing, of my favorite artists. It, he did the album cover? Yeah. Both. Right, The Cross. And it's like... You're like, yeah, but that's too gnarly for me. Right. It's I don't get into that because yeah, you're like, you spent all you spent a month painting that. Because I remember when I when that album came out and I, and I saw that drawing, then you go down the rabbit hole. And back then, we, you had to like go find a magazine in the library yeah. that would have his other art. There was no internet. Yeah, Juxtapose wasn't him. out. Right. <laughs> Juxtapose was not a magazine yet. So you have to find that guy, and then you look at his other stuff, and you're yeah. like, oh, it's just nothing but robots raping hot It's just women. a lot of, yeah. Well, I found out about him in Thrasher Magazine, because he did the cover of Thrasher of when course. I was 11, 
and I asked my grandmother's sister, so my great aunt, we were at the farmer's market, and I was like, can I have this magazine? And she was <laughs> 70, so she didn't know any better, so she bought me a $3 thrasher. Oh, no. And it was full of Robert <laughs> Williams art, and I was like, that naked lady on a taco shell is hot. <laughs> but Robert Williams is a, br- I love him. And it's weird. As time goes on, you're like, that was just his kink. That yeah. was his shit. Yeah. And like, as long, look, as long as you're painting it, not doing it. <laughs> It's like there's this famous uh, artist. Why can't his name come to me? But he lived in Chicago. They only discovered his art when he died. He was a janitor at a hospital. When they opened up his apartment, there was like thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of pages of very weird, weird art. Wow. And he couldn't really draw. He would use like ditto paper to transfer these drawings. And a lot of it was was about these like little girls who had special powers to like fight an evil dragon. Wow. But some of the girls were naked and had like mixed genitalia. And it was very weird. But it was like, well, look... Thank God he made the drawings and didn't do other stuff with his time. His name is Henry Darger. It's kind of like the... So his stuff is out there now. Yeah, you can buy books. He was... I had a teacher that was like... Because he's like one of the biggest, quote-unquote, outsider artists. Completely untrained. Right. Just like a totally weird dude. And they replicated his apartment in Chicago, and you can like go to this museum and see it. Oh, wow. And it's just the guy just sat at his dining room table and made... And there, it wasn't even paintings. They were a book. He made a thousand-page book with Jesus illustrations. Jesus Christ. They're double-sided. So eventually you're kind of like, okay, as long as you're not doing it, as long as you're just getting out this sort of thing in your art. Right. And not keeping 30 women in a sex dungeon. Yeah, exactly. Then like, okay, yeah. then, then that's whatever this, you need to you're do. You're just kind whatever of. Whatever you need to do to not be a menace to society. The human condition has many corners in it that are weird. Yeah. And you can't blame someone for wanting to kind of like examine those corners. Right. And art is a way most people get into those really not weird, but just specific corners. The, the, the art that confuses me the most is anime. Sure. I, I do. That's another one yeah. where the sexual nature of anime I is like, come on guys. I do not need to see nope. a girl. Oh um, no, man. Violated by a giant serpent, 40 different ways. Yeah. At the same time. Like that's like, if you see, I, I, you know, I don't know if that's because I'm Irish Catholic and I, my brain can't handle that. I but think it's because like, you probably I don't have female friends. <laughs> You're just it is like, so what is beyond this, disturbing, man? And, but it's so huge and popular, and yeah. just it, and it's such like. Well, it speaks. To I psych- want my. I wonder if it, if it's like you know, I we dropped a bomb on them. Speaks to the psychology of a maybe a person that's essentially afraid of women. Yeah, and so you want to watch women have no control because they scare the shit out of you. But the crazy thing about it is because there's like anime for kids. Yeah. Where it's just, okay, here's a bunch of superheroes Mm -hmm. who fight lizards and shit. Yeah. The transition between that and where it goes really wrong. Yeah. There is no transition. It's seamless. When the aesthetic is that identical, it's when you're talking about just the content, it's rare where the content doesn't change the kind of exactly. uh, vessel it comes in. It's so strange. It'd be like if Dio dressed like the Backstreet Boys. You'd yeah. be like, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> like if, if, you know, if Metallica or like those... Ba- Striper. Yeah. Striper was confusing as in the 80s, I was like, wait. Are I, they rats? I love Poison and Cinderella. Right. Is that a cool band? And then I was like, nope, they're definitely not. But in now in retrospect, you're like, are, were they maybe the coolest? <laughs> to hell with I, the I, devil. I had to hell with the devil because the the collect the collector's <laughs> edition of Hell's with the de- uh, hell to hell, to with, hell the with the devil had a great album cover because mm-hmm. it was all four members of Striper as angels, great in jeans, no shirt, angel wings, jeans, 
each one has a chain holding the devil over <sighs> like the abyss of hell. And they were like pulling him in four different directions because they were going to kill him. Heavy, you cannot or even, you cannot step to heavy metal album covers. They are the, the undisputed champ. Yeah. It's not even fucking close. Well, and, and the undisputed champs of that to me. Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden has down. Yep. Iron Maiden without a, there is some others though that, I mean, there's some Aussie ones that are hot. Yeah. But I, you know who I met at a wedding? This is no bullshit. I'm going to forget their names. The hus- they're a husband and wife. Uh-huh. The wife is the illustrator of the Van Halen smoking baby cover. Don't know them. The husband oh. did Prince Purple Rain cover. Holy shit. And they're married. He oh, showed me in his that's phone. That's a power couple. The drawing of the Prince type. He's like, oh yeah, here's the sketch. I was like, dude, put it in the Smithsonian. Wow. They're married. Wow. That's a power couple. Yeah. That's an artistic power couple. And I met her. I, I, I knew I was going to meet him. And I was like, you're the only people I'm talking to at this place. <laughs> I was like, do you have, I took pictures of, I never post a selfie. I took pictures of two of them. I was like, these two did this. What the hell are we even talking about except talking to them? Did you know a bunch of other people at the wedding? Or were you like, yeah. no, no, that, these are my people? No, I knew I was supposed to be there like socializing with the family of the thing. I was, it right. was like a, you know, a thing. Right. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm talking to these two people. <laughs> you did the Van Halen baby that I thought was a photo my whole life. It was an airbrush <laughs> painting. And she was like, yeah, yeah, I did that. Like, no, 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 no. Why aren't you wearing a shirt with it on it to this wedding <laughs> to let everyone know? In, uh, also, he did the Tom Petty heart guitar cover. Like uh-huh, this is a sure. heavy that, dude. That's, a, that's which basically became his logo. Yeah, he's a heavy dude. I uh, the, the 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 other Van Halen art that I had mm-hmm. and the 1984 tour the the shirt mm-hmm. on the back of the shirt it was an image of a cartoon man with a hammer about to hit a mouse. Uh-huh. My whole life had no right. idea that that was the Western Exterminator yeah, logo yeah, yeah. Oh. until I moved to LA and yeah. I see it on a giant billboard and I'm uh-huh. like, what? Mm-hmm. I love, the, I mean, there's I'm no be, story to that. I was just, I love the Eat em and Smile happy cover. about that. Take that. I'll take the Eat em and Smile cover as culturally insensitive as it is. <laughs> David Lee Roth and I bought the long box <laughs> Amazon, of that. Amazon gear. I bought the long box cassette of that album at Sam Goody in North Hollywood. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I did. Sam Goody in North Hollywood. Yeah. Wait, where, do you remember where that was? Do you it remember was what like intersection in North Hollywood that was? Lancashire and something. Sure. It was on a corner. That was the only, I used to go there. Maybe Laurel fall. Canyon and Victory by the old mall? Maybe. Hmm. It was in that flat. It was not like the area that they ter- tried to call NoHo. It was that no man's land of North Hollywood where it'd be like business, business, big warehouse where you don't even want to know what's going on right. there. Apartment complex, cute house for some reason. Right. Like where during the summer it was just desolate wasteland it's north hollywood by the way i'm a resident of north hollywood i grew up there I, li- I, I live in the north hollywood arts district i live Fine. really close to the intersection of camarillo riverside yep. and vineland mm-hmm. like right there that's my hood 2020 video there's so many kick-ass houses in that for real? area like mm-hmm. big time houses mm-hmm. and then you know 20 vape stores yeah <laughs> God, the vape store. North Hollywood is just a, an, yeah. an auto body shop within a vape store that's also now within a weed store. Well, in 20 years- the weed stores have come to North Hollywood hard. Yeah. In 20 years, you and I are going to be like, can you believe North Hollywood? Uh, no, for re- it's happening now. There's a Barney's. It's happening now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because you can buy homes in yeah. the North North Hollywood part. See, that's where I lived. I lived off of like a street called Cohasset, which yeah. is like- 
off the like Sherman Way exit, like deep. Yeah, the deep part of not cute, like not the cute part, the deep no. part. Yeah, that's yeah. Where it was like, don't walk to the liquor store alone. <laughs> right. This is the eighties, you know. Like this is. There's some zombies up in that part of North Hollywood. Well, it was ga- it was real gangy back then. Yeah. It was it was like not super like I remember at my it was my stepmom's house and I lived on the my room was the bottom floor like you know, a, a, a helicopter light would just go in my window. <laughs> like, I'm 11, <laughs> terrified, looking up at my Samantha Fox poster, being like, is tonight the night I die? Yep. Yeah. But we went to, that's where I got posters at that Sam Goody. We still get a lot of circling helicopters in the in the NoHo Arts District, but, you know, uh, for the uh, most part, it's, crime it's, it's pretty Crime is up everywhere. Los yeah. Feliz, there's tons now. It's, there's tons always, of crime? Tons of crime now. Just really? like low-level robbery crime all the time now. Well, because it's so it's so trust funding now, you realize you can just People rob got shit to steal. Oh, yeah, there's shit to steal. Nice cars. That's where you got to go. Yep. And it's relatively close to the freeway, so all you got to do is freeway get on the five a- and you're gone. Freeway access is crime access. That's I was told that by by cops, like certain yeah. neighborhoods in L.A. Like if it, you're close to the freeway, you're in a lot of trouble. Yeah, North Hollywood has that too. That five on ramp is pretty close. Yeah. So if you rob a house, you're you're on your way back to wherever you're trying to go pretty quick. Yep. It's like being a gas, that gas station in Burbank right by the on-ramp gets robbed constantly. Is that constantly. true? Yeah. The Burbank airport? No, there's one. It's like, uh, it's Hollywood Way and Alameda. Huh. It's right where I go to therapy. And it's a gas station literally <laughs> connected to the freeway. And you rob that thing. You're on the 134 in four seconds. You rob the car wash, the gas station, no one's catching you. <laughs> Toluca Lake Car Wash. You rob, I mean, that's a cash business. You rob the car wash, you rob the, uni- the, 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 the gas station, and you're gone. So if any of you guys are looking for something to rob. Uh, just rob something close to a freeway. Don't use a gun. No. Yeah. You don't need a gun. Just smash and dash yeah. and get on a freeway. Get on a freeway. All right. In 1975, they release their first record, Man on the Silver Mountain Hits. Dio and Rainbow. Wait a minute. They which, called it, the first record was called Man Silver. No, oh, the first, Rainbow. The, 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 the single was Man on a Silver Mountain. Okay, the okay. first Rainbow record was called Richie Blackmore's Rainbow. Dio went on to record a couple more records That's with Richie. Why uh, the band didn't last? Because it was Richie. It was person's name. This band. Well, right. Always the, a the, bad the, decision. The next. Well, because he was the guy. Yeah, he was the guy. He was the guy. So the next two records were Rainbow Rising, mm-hmm. 1976, and then Long Live Rock and Roll. Albums that were certainly filmed with uh, all kinds of things that Dio would become famous for, such as Dragons and Kings and Magic. After 1978's Long Live Rock and Roll, Blackmore decided to take Rainbow in a more commercial direction. He basically sacked Dio in favor of vocalist Graham Bonet, and Dio went his merry may. His merry, his, his, his. I'm going to have Richard edit. (laughs) Graham Bonnet? Good Lord. Merry way. <laughs> do not take that moment out. Do you want listeners to like I'm going to do it. Yeah, no. Okay, no, you're right. I, this is, this is, I'm also reading without my glasses, which is actually a nightmare because I don't take my glasses with me and then I put myself in this position where I'm reading. At the end of the 70s, Black Sabbath's Ozzy Osbourne mm-hmm. was struggling with his own demons and Dio was brought in to ostensibly help write material for the band. This gig quickly turned into a full-time deal when Ozzy and Sabbath finally parted ways. Dio took over as the band's lead singer, and they released two albums together. 
This is one of the greatest Dio recordings of all time. This oh. is a song called Neon Nights. Do you know this song? No. Okay, I think, like, if you're listing, like, the greatest Black Sabbath songs, yeah, I think this is one of the, like, for me, top three. This is from 1980's Heaven and Hell. This is good. That riff is so It's heavy. Sabbath. Yeah. It's Geezer and Tony. Yeah. But it's Dio Sabbath. This album was instantly a hit with metal fans. And they went on to do a very successful tour in 1980. They followed that up in 1981 with the album Mob Rules. And both those records are now considered to be heavy metal where classics. Do, where, do the, where do the Dio Sabbath records fall now in people's like psyche if, if our friend Brian Pesane was sitting right here right he would basically t- I bet you he would say both those records are in my top 10 metal records right. of all time so they tra- it, it, it's the same with Brian in in ACDC where it's it was impossible like- to replace a legend true it's impossible to replace a legend but there was enough of a difference the that sound D- the it, sound is not the same it's not no because it's, it's not less the jazz same. right because they had they they were sick of doing they were sick of sort of doing what they'd been doing with Ozzy because right. Ozzy had just become a nightmare because Ozzy was just a yeah, complete train wreck. Sharon Osbourne, like that lady is so powerful. Well, here and let me just say quickly, I didn't even write this down, but the, in the in the in the world of Dio, Sharon Osbourne essentially brought Dio into the fold Amazing. first to just write songs because mm-hmm. Ozzy was just incapable of doing anything but sitting in his. Uh, apartment and drinking yeah or house and drinking or motel room and drinking like that's all he could do at the end of the 70s so uh sharon then her name was sharon arden yeah her dad her dad was the The manager manager of sabbath hired someone to kill who was like basically like a mob like a british mob guy he hired someone to kill her and didn't get away with it right that's a whole (laughs) i'm fascinated she's forged in fire i'm fascinated by that she's forged richard cheltinga knows some of the no you know he's looking a bit like nope no no, no. do not drag me into sharon osborne stories the thing she will (laughs) eat your lunch and make you pay for it i think she threw uh fred durst down a flight of stairs or maybe like one of the dudes from that is a woman i would follow into battle you do not that she will fucking tell you what is what okay here here's my sharon osborne story it's not a personal story it's not me against sharon but in uh, this was like i don't know 15 years ago maiden toured the they did the Ozfest tour okay and Whoa. and the show the, the the one of the final shows was in San Bernardino. Were there two planes? Was the okay. Iron Maiden? Well, here's the thing: Maiden the, Maiden were not the headliner that night. Weird. It was Ozzy. Oh yeah. Okay. So, but Maiden was ascending again. Yeah. And bigger than ever. Yeah. So most of the fans at Ozfest were there for Maiden. Right. And Maiden had also been kicking ass and getting incredible reviews on that tour. Yeah. And Ozzy wasn't. Right. So what happened was. My friends and I are at the show. We have good good seats. We worked our connections and got really good seats. We're sitting there, and almost immediately, weird shit starts to happen to Maiden during their set. Mm-hmm. Most importantly, like power just goes out. Wow. When they're in full gallop playing the Trooper, which I think was like the second or third song, power cuts out. And when the power cuts out in a in a place filled with like 30,000 yeah, metal fans. Yeah, it. They boo. It's, it's just weird. Yeah. It, it's almost like hitting a brick wall. It's so intense. 
And the the band was like, wait, this is like this is a major venue, the the San Bernardino Hyundai Blockbuster Pavilion Honda thing out there. So this this keeps happening through the show, and they they are getting pissed because we're close. We could tell they're bummed out. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, you start seeing eggs fly at them from the basically the front rows. Okay, which, who brought eggs? The long story short was, it was some of the Osborne kids. It wasn't Jack, but it was Kelly Osborne and friends. Mm-hmm. It was Sharon who kept pulling the plug on Maiden. Oh my God. Because she was mad about things that Bruce Dickinson had said about the tour and Ozzy in the press. Oh, do okay? not talk shit about her do baby. Do not talk, no. Do not. No. So here, now here's the moment. Don't. So here's the moment. Maiden finally finishes... And they they turn to the crowd and they go, we'll be back. This, you know, you could tell that they were yeah. really fr- like, we'll be back. We'll be back to Southern California because yeah, yeah, yeah. Southern California fucking loves Maiden. Oh, for sure. They walk off the stage this way. Sharon walks on to the stage, comes to the middle with a microphone, and she does this. I'll never forget this. She goes, most of the guys in Iron Maiden are our friends, but Bruce Dickinson is a fucking Oh my and she God. throws the mic down and walks off stage. Whoa! And you know, all the metalheads in Southern California were essentially being asked to pick sides. Yeah, like <laughs> you know, are you on Team Ozzy or are you Team Maiden? Because that's what that's what she was throwing down. Yeah, and everyone was like, "Whoa!" Rumbling through the crowd. There was no there was no cheer for that. No one's gonna go. Yeah, because they fucking they love Maiden. The weirdest thing ever. But then then they realized. Then everyone realized Sharon was fucking with them. And you and yeah. people knew by that. Like you don't fuck with Sharon Osbourne, dude. I love her. <laughs> I love her. I love her so much. <laughs> Fuck. She's so tough, man. Can you imagine like dating someone and like that's their mom? Oh. Like you 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 have two choices. I'm like, in. Not I'm stop in. dating that person because you'll hurt them and then that person will cut your head off or just it would that's just, what you're gonna do for the rest of your life. This is me dating an Osborne woman. Shh, your mom's talking quiet. <laughs> quiet. You're you do, don't you want to learn something? Your mom is talking. I'm tired of listening to my mom. Stop saying. No, no, it's way late for dinner. You're the bitch in this scenario. <laughs> FYI, your mom saved your dad's life, created one of the greatest metal solo artists of all time, <laughs> let alone brought the world Randy effing Rhodes. Thank you very much. Yeah. Hired and, Roddy James Dio, put him in Black Sabbath. Well, there's all in the in the Ran- fest. in the in Randy Rhodes may or may not have also hooked up with Sharon. Oh, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember she was on Howard Stern. She was like, if Ozzy goes to Japan, he will cheat on me. Like, 100 <laughs> but I don't know what it is. Like, she went to surprise him in a hotel, and there was all these Japanese suckers. She was like, Ozzy. And he was like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't like, she just accepted it. I imagine, look, she accepted a lot of things when she was like, that's my guy. Well, I know what he is. I know what he's going to be. That's my guy. Yeah. And she put up with it. And, and made she, children. She and revitalized built an metal with Ozfest. Yeah, for real. Oh, if, you, for, if for you're a real. new metal Legit. band yeah. and you get on Ozfest, you get a career. Right. I love her. Big fan. Do love you like her. her on what is she on? The the View, the Voice. I like her too much to watch the- that. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same reason I don't see all of like you know movies of a person I like because you got to pay the rent sometimes, and I'm not I'm not seeing the second Anchorman. <laughs> right, will you see Shazam? Nah. 
I'm not a big superhero movie. I, I don't like comics anymore, really. I'm not. And in the superhero, I saw uh, Captain Marvel. I liked that. Yeah. But I don't need to see all the superhero movies. Gotcha. Will you see uh, Avengers Endgame? Yeah, my girl likes that stuff, okay. so I'll probably go to that. And, you know, I want to see how they, how they work. Those movies have become fascinating to me now because you can tell. It's like you're watching contracts play out. You're watching stars' contracts play out. Yeah. So you're like, who gets this much screen time versus this much screen time versus who's... You can just watch, like, who's getting a sequel. Like, you're basically watching business. All the billboards around town, Downey's head is literally five times bigger than Con- anyone else on that billboard. contractually, it has to be. Right. I, I watched in... There's a famous movie poster artist named Drew Struzan okay. who did all the Indiana Jones. Love it. Harry Potter, he's a legend. Uh-huh. But he talked about how, like, it's a percentage thing. Harrison Ford's head has to be 40% bigger than anyone else's versus this. The type has to be this size. It I love is it. it's negotiated. Like I love it. Robert Downey Jr. When they got him like probably for the third Iron Man, he was like, All right, A, you're gonna back the truck up. I'm gonna make more money than God. And I am the star of every movie, whether I'm in it or not. Which is true. Yeah. By the way, he has played that character. It, it, it's one of the greatest characters in the history of movies. He auditioned, he had to audition. Of I course, know the casting director. Back then, back then they oh, couldn't get Joe. him. They couldn't get him. Like they were worried. It was before his, you know, resurgence. Right. And they were like, "He's going to do heroin and it's going to." Yeah, fuck we're up worried. This will he really do it? And she was like, "I'm sorry, but will you come in and read?" And, right. And she said, "She goes thirty seconds after he opened his mouth, I was like, no one else is getting this job.' Right. There's no way. Yeah, he's insane. And he's yeah. basically. By the way, on Larchmont, like three blocks from here, the lady's office used to be. Oh, really? That's that's Robert Denny Jr. auditioned for Iron Man. I love that. Yeah, now she's a Disney executive. I can't think of her name. That's a good good little detail. Well, he's probably worth $2 billion. You know what, man? He's a very good actor. It's an incredible rise from the ashes kind of story. Watch Chaplin, man. Chaplin? That guy's good. He was nominated for an Academy Award. He was. He's never won. Yeah. I just man. Downey, less than zero. I just, I instantly thought. It could have all come apart with less than zero. Like literally, oh, it could totally. have just ended. There. It was a mess on um, Weird Science. Mess. Oh, like a, just a drugged out mess. Have you watched Weird Science lately? No, I love that movie. Well, I wonder if that would hold up. You know, I there was that would. article that, that came out of the, that uh, got everyone on Twitter all riled up of the 24 year old who watched Heather's. Okay. And, and was like, I can't believe they made this movie. I don't care. Right. Watch, watch an Audrey Hepburn movie. <laughs> Like it get every generation does. You can't expect people to be politically perfect in retrospect. No, uh-uh. it's we all learn. It's like, can you believe how these cavemen treated dogs? <laughs> like, yeah, I can, man. I can. I definitely they had to eat. I definitely can. Like, no one in the fifties recycled. They didn't know plastic was bad. Like there is a oh, non- there was no information on like what was good or bad health wise in the fifties. Yeah. There's no there's like, there's, hey, there's some Kang things, is orange juice. There's some things you can't make excuses for, but there's also like look, humans we think we're real smart. We're definitely dumb. And so yes, we're you have to think like it they make it seem like sometimes that these people were malicious, like you know what we're gonna do. Yeah. The guy writing Heathers was like, I've gotta make sure to keep these ladies down. Like, <laughs> no man. They were he you was know, an idiot how? doing his best. <laughs> At the time, just like some leftover Coke. <laughs> like, come on. 70s food, like those of us who grew up in the 70s, like there was only one ketchup that was Heinz. Mm-hmm. There was no such thing as, mm-hmm. there was no such thing mm-hmm. as organic anything. Del Monte, 
Let, wait Del, a minute. Del Monte. <laughs> Del Monte, I well, think, has some. that was Cat's some, Up. That was Cat's Up. My grandma <laughs> called it Cat's Up. And Del Monte, while not preferred, in a pinch, did its job. Okay? Del Monte, ketchup, and they made corn, that green can. <laughs> that can of yellow, bright yellow, school bus yellow corn out of a green can. I don't think that I ever had any sort of farmer's market green beans in the entire 70s. It was all oh, out of a can. Everything was out of a can. If you told me my mom's real maiden name was Stouffer's, I would have believed it. <laughs> okay, homie. Dinty Morse stew out of the can. All day. What you can make beef stew at, <laughs> from scratch? I remember my Why would you do that? Making stew in like a crock pot, like a normal human, and the smell being—I was like, this smells better than everything. I've had stew before, but it wasn't like this. And it's not made with five cups of sugar. Yeah. Why are the chunks of everything so much larger? How'd you? What? Let me see the size of this can. There's <laughs> no can. Yeah. We thought I thought Tang I thought Tang was orange juice until I got to college. Okay. I also thought Miracle Whip was mayonnaise. My because I didn't have I didn't have real mayonnaise until I, I I went to college. My grandmother used to keep Cool Whip in the freezer and oh, just eat yeah. it like ice cream. Yeah, yeah, she did. Also, wait, does Cool Whip freeze hard no, when it's put in the freezer? It, it stays softer than vanilla ice cream. Oh my! Someone's goodness. stopping at the market on the way. Oh home. fuck yeah! <laughs> but it was great. Tang. I watch a lot of the British baking show now, and mm. just the other day I was like, why don't you just mix tang into like a, a frosting? <laughs> I bet you would give it a real nice kick. That I don't is, know how much sugar is Tang is delicious. That is genius. I no, love tang is tang. delicious. Well, because everyone's always on, these, on the baking show, they're always making like orange curd, which is like very complex. Right. You got to use a lot of stuff. Right. And, and often they're like, I'm not getting the orange flavor. I'm like, you know, you should have done. Tang. Mixed in some fucking tang. Tang. <laughs> <laughs> there was Tang in my grandma's house. My grandmother <laughs> bought food only sanctioned by NASA. <laughs> well, no, but I, I thought as a kid, I thought it was like made by NASA. Cheese I thought whiz. Tang literally came straight from where they launched the rockets and yeah. then they just put it on the market. <laughs> my grandma's fr- my grandma's kitchen was Cheese Whiz, saltine crackers, Tang, Cool Whip. Fuck yeah. Pickles yeah. that she made her. But then everything <laughs> was like yeah. canned and jarred things that she grew herself fuck yeah yeah that's frozen, the house i want to go to yeah like frozen Oscar bologna. oh bologna yeah bologna according to my grandmother right she couldn't pronounce things right mm-hmm. she read a lot but didn't have anyone to discuss it with so she she called dinosaurs dinosaurs <laughs> no joke not a dumb woman but dinosaurs she didn't like you couldn't wikipedia the pronunciation back then <laughs> chai chai rodriguez that's oh Chichi Rodriguez God. for the listeners at home. <laughs> oh, Dio's time in Sabbath would not last long, though. But Dio made metal people love him. <laughs> he did. Yeah. Dio left the band in 1982 due to growing conflicts with Sabbath's Tony Iommi and Geezer Butler, who yeah. basically yeah, own the band, as it always happens. Uh, he finally put together his own band when he hired young guitar slinger uh, 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 Vivian Campbell. He stole the Sabbath drummer, Vinnie Apice, mm-hmm. uh, and then the original bass player in Rainbow, Jimmy Bain. Was Apice the original Sabbath drummer? No, Bill Ward was the original Sabbath drummer. Uh, Vinnie Apice. And this lineup recorded this the metal. now classic Dio record, Holy Diver. Holy Diver. Which came out in 1983. And came out with a hot typeface. That Dio logo is real. Well, the Dio logo... 
Allegedly, if you turn it upside down and put it in a mirror, it's supposed to say devil. Ah! That's how the font is. I love metal. And and when you do that as a as a as an eighth grader, <laughs> it looks like it says devil. God. So this record is now considered a, a metal classic, and this would also basically cement Ronnie's status as a headliner. He's a metal god. He's a metal god. He's a metal god. He is a. He's known to be a metal god. Yeah. This is you. You. You wear all black. You burnt. You set a fire in the woods. Well, he could wear a cape. That's what the majesty of good metal rides the line of ridiculousness perfectly. Right. It's James Brown's cape. When James Brown would pretend to be exhausted, and the guy would come out and throw a cape on him, and then he'd whip it off every single night at the exact same time. And as a crowd, you're like, "Is he gonna be okay?" <laughs> and metal's that same thing where it's like, "Why do you have a flaming sword?" Because because it can shut your mouth. Because it's metal. Because why'd you airbrush my name on your El Camino? <laughs> there was, I, where I grew up in La Crescenta, and I still go to the bank there, someone has a Manowar truck. They must be in Manowar. Yeah, Manowar, for people who don't know, Manowar is one of the more out there metal bands from, yeah. the, from the 80s. And they basically dress like, like Conan the Barbarian. Yeah. And their record, company, their record covers were that Frazetta kind of Great. stuff. They're Manowar. Someone's car is straight I, I up airbrushed. I bet a guy in Manowar lives in La Crescenta. <laughs> and his airbrushed. Really Ooh, there's some metal. Alita Ford lived in Montrose. Okay, that's incredible because this part of this part of Los Angeles is an amazing part of Los <laughs> Angeles because very it's weird. It, th- these are communities that are tucked up yeah. underneath the Angeles Forest, yep. basically yeah. north of Glendale. Mm-hmm. What was the, what was that area like when you were growing up in it's, the eighties? Uh, it's was mi- it even it's, considered L.A. back then? No, 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 no. It's what it's suburban white trash that doesn't really think they're white trash because they have a jet ski and they live in a beautiful. They live like, in a beautiful setting. setting. It's called the balcony of Los Angeles. It's a beautiful <laughs> neighborhood. Montrose is like basically the same. It's Lock Center, Montrose, the same town. Right. It's 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 like, all one area. Flint it's Ridge. Mayberry, but on a hill. Right. It's all kind of. I would say kind of close. Back then, it was a lot of closed-minded white people. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like super right-wingy because a lot of school teachers. So you had a lot of like Democrats. And Wait, stuff. like school teachers lived in lived La there. Crescenta? Yeah. Like who worked all over LA Unified yeah. schools? Glendale oh, okay. Unified, Burbank Unified, LA Unified. So right. it's a lot of teachers. Yeah. Crew people, contractors, people like I always like that. felt like crew people would live up there. Like well, Burbank and- is straight up crew people. Right. La right. Crescenta didn't have a ton of crew people. It was more like, it was a lot of teachers, man. My dad wow, was a teacher, that's so stepmom, aunt, uncle. That's so interesting. But metal, very big up there. Very big. Because you had like guys that were into BMX and right. motocross. Right. And so you wanted kick-ass shirts to wear while you smoked cigarettes in your Vans checkered slip-ons on the street. <laughs> I was just talking about this with Christina Przyzynski. Like those guys, the generation that was like four or five years older than my brother. So they'd be about 50 now. That were like scary. They had like parted down the middle, long hair. Yeah. They wore like light Levi's with holes in them. They yep. had checkered slip-ons and an Iron Maiden t-shirt and they smoked and they wore like like Ray-Bans and you couldn't see their eyes and they were maybe going to fuck you up. Yep. And oh, they, yeah, they, were were. In, they were into the devil, maybe for real or not. <laughs> right. <laughs> they well, were gonna, in the 80s, it, none of yeah, us really knew. They were going to do drugs and maybe steal your skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> were they skate culture people? They were. It was adjacent. They didn't really skate to be like do tricks, but that's how you got around. If your bike got stolen, you had a skateboard. Yeah. 
And that you know you had you know because then at the time you also had Metallica was making skateboards right through Zorlax so you had metal skate metal and skateboarding was very close together at that time yeah because of the artwork it was a lot of dragons and devils and skulls and blood and shit right. so it all went together well outcast culture just soaks up all that shit yeah it's all just wanting to break stuff right and and it all went to get those guys I think about those guys all they they were fucking cool man because yeah. they could fix your car. But don't let your girl around them, bro. Nope. They'll steal your girl. Nope. <laughs> no, or Cause, worse. Cause, yeah, because they've got tickets to Striber, okay? And they're good seats. <laughs> <laughs> well, those guys weren't necessarily listening to Striber. No, I don't know. Yeah. Although th- that, I mean, w- in Locker Center, what I can remember people liking was Ozzy, Scorpions, Guns N' Roses. Was, that wasn't when I was like a kid kid. Guns N' Roses, I'm in junior high. So right. at that point, it was like they were so big. Yeah, right. ACDC, Rush, Van AC, Halen, DC, Rush, Sabbath. Van Halen, yeah. Sabbath, Scorpions. Right. Scorps, 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 all day Scorps. Yeah. And then and then when metal got big, it was like, you know, Motley Crue. Mo- Motley Crue, you know, Motley Crue was fucking great. They were great. Great. Though the, 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 the movie is so bad that it yeah. sort of made me hate them retroactively. Yeah, I just, Motley Crue, those, those albums, Dr. Feelgood meant a lot to me. <laughs> well, how, wait, was going to a show from La Crescenta hard? Because I back didn't do then, it. It was impossible. Yeah, I, because how? If it, how are you going to drive from La Crescenta to, the to Long Beach? Yeah, no, no, no. There was the no Long Beach shows. Arena. I didn't go to a concert till I'm in ninth grade with my brother, the 120 Minutes Tour. <laughs> you want to hear this lineup, bro? First concert ever. My brother takes me to UC Irvine. Oh, from La Crescenta. From La Crescenta. My brother's got a silver So that was Scirocco. a four-day trip. <laughs> it took an hour in his Scirocco that was not going to make it. Right. It looked like, he bought it because it looked kind of like a DeLorean. Nice. So we go to see the 120 Minutes Tour. And the who was lineup on that? is Big Audio Dynamite. Nice. Blind Melon before they're big. Sure. Live before they're big. Headliner, P.I.L. Wow. That was you my see first Irvine. Not concert. Irvine Meadows, but no, you see No, this was Irvine. like in a gym Wow. Like it probably was a thousand, like 2,000 people. This is a 120 minutes tour. Wow. Can you imagine driving from La Crescenta to Irvine now <sighs> under any conditions at all? Let me explain. Even if to it you was a Sunday morning and there was no. Quickly, I say no to sets of the Irvine Improv. <laughs> I say no before. They're like, Irvine, no, ma'am. <laughs> hey, no, Kevin. ma'am. Hey, Kevin, can you do a. We're going to pay really 500 bucks. Come on down to UC Irvine. Nope. <laughs> Fuck that. The Irvine Comedy. Is there a comedy store in There's Irvine? There's an improv. There's an, just the improv. There's the improv in Irvine. No, no comedy store, no Laugh Factory. Nope. There's a Laugh Factory in Long Beach that uh-huh. I also won't go to. Is there a Flappers in Irvine? <laughs> flappers, Jesus Christ. Is there a Ha Ha's? Here's the problem with Flappers. I remember when it was a macaroni grill, so oh. call it a comedy club all day. I am not on board. That was the macaroni grill in Burbank? Yes, ma'am. With Flappers. That's why the kitchen is so huge. Oh, my God. When you walk, when you go to Flappers to do, I was there with Whitney like a month ago. Oh, my God. When you walked in to go to the green room, you're like, this kitchen is big for a comedy club. It's because it used to be a fucking macaroni grill, bro. I ate there. I used to live in Toluca Lake. I went to that macaroni grill. Oh, that is. I fucked with that elephant bar. Uh, I used to eat at that islands on the reg. Oh, BJ's brew house. Uh, yeah. You want a pazuki? I do. It's a big cookie, bro, and a skillet. <laughs> uh, that BJ's was one of your feeling fancy. Oh my! Black God. Angus, if she's someone special. This is the. This, we are we are describing downtown Burbank. Downtown D- Burbank. D- D-T-N-B-U-R. <laughs> Do they call it the media center? They call it D-T-N-B-U-R. They've got signs up all over the place there now. There's literally two <laughs> Chipotles on the same block in downtown Burbank. 
I'm the only Fuddruckers in California. <laughs> I went okay. I went to that. I actually, actually, I accidentally drove through downtown Burbank last week on a Friday night. It was Teen City. Oh yeah. Oh, I've never dude. seen it. Was like it was like I've never seen so many teens thriving. You want to see? They completely dude, took over you know what the else? whole thing. Go to City Walk on a weekend. No, it no, is no, no, more no, crowded. No, 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 no. The, it is no. Calcutta crowded. <laughs> no. Okay, it is like Tokyo Subway crowded, dude. You're not getting into the Hard Rock Cafe. We don't put realize- your name down to Bubba Gub Shrimp. <laughs> take a walk. Come back in two hours. <laughs> No, but that I used to go. There is there all a, the, is the Tony Roma still open up on City Walk? It's got to be. It's got to be. Yeah, but there's a Buka. There's a Tony Roma. I don't know if the saddle a saddle peak lodge thing. Saddle ranch, yeah. Saddle ranch. Is there a comedy club up there? There was the John Lovitz Club that oh, was so sure. bad. Oh, no. I did a set there once. I did a weekend there once with Al Madrigal. Uh huh. Now, the crowd never peaked more than 40 people while oh, there no. was 200,000 people on CityWalk. <laughs> but they, I, we found out there was some weird deal where they gave John Lovitz the club rent-free for like three how, how years. How big was the club? It was big. It probably held, could hold 500 people. Oh, shit. It would, but it was multi-tiered. It wasn't supposed to be a comedy club. So while you're on stage, you're looking at the floor of the second level. It didn't make any sense. What? It was terrible. But I heard they gave Lovitz free rent for three years. That's why he did it. Right. And... But they weren't allowed to flyer on CityWalk. So they couldn't tell anyone there was a comedy show. You had to walk by the sign and be like, oh, comedy. It was so bizarre. You'd walk by. Well, that's dumb. You'd go there on Friday to do your set or Saturday. And you'd walk by thousands and thousands of people. And then in the club, they'd be like, we've got 35 for the first show. You'd be like, what are we doing? But would a family of four from Japan be down with the American no. comedy? Like that's no. the other thing. Like people don't realize how giant that place is. Also, for you're already twenty bucks deep to park. Oh yeah, well fuck. I, I there, there's no reason to go up to City Walk at all if you have no children. No. If you're not a teenager, I used to go there. All if the you're time. normal, did you really? Well, I lived not far from there, and you, you mean as a kid? No, as like a as like a twenty five year old. Wow. All yeah. right. Because it wasn't super crowded. You'd go on a weekday to like eat at Bubba Gum Shrimp. Dio followed up the success of 1983's Holy Diver with the last in line in 1984, which featured this incredible Dio song. Do you know it? No. This is We Rock. I grew up in Albuquerque, and (laughs) Albuquerque is a fucking huge metal town. And so our radio stations played this. Yeah. Like, you would get, like, Clapton, The Beatles, The Stones, and then they'd play We Rock. See, this wasn't on KNAC. Yeah, this is such a big... This is a big record for me, Last in Line. The problem with Great L.A. Tour. in the 80s was the hair metal scene was here, so right. that scene ate up L.A. metal radio for the most part. Right. So it was it was Poison Rat, Cinderella, Motley Crue, Def Leppard. Some Metallica, like, not that much. Right. You'd think, like, a ton... During the 80s, 80s, it wasn't. Well, and K-Rock was huge, too. Yeah. So, But it really was hair metal metal. Right. Not, this like, is, this not is, like satanic metal. This is like, Fun yeah, satanic mystical metal. satanic metal. Right. Well, Maiden and Priest and Dio, they've all... They, for most cities, they didn't get played on the radio. No, like The metal fans just found this shit on their yeah. own. That's, the thing about metal fans is they... They're, they're loyal. They're loyal. They do their research, and they care. Yeah. Well, once you have a thing that you love... 
Yeah. And metal fans are like this more than anyone. Like you don't let go. Like you buy no, no, no. the record yeah. when it comes out. You don't care. Yeah. You do not care. You don't need to hear it first. You don't need to hear no, the single. You you it's coming out. I'm going to fucking and buy it. And metal will never be fully mainstream ever. No, no. It just no. won't. Well, it can't be. It's too into Satan. Thank God. Right. It can't be. Well, it's also too into dragons and kings. Yeah. And mysticism. It's, yeah. And it, elves. It, it will, it's never going to be, the most mainstream you ever saw was the 80s and that's not going to happen. Well, again. mainstream, any, any Corn. song on, any song, any mainstream song is always about love. Yeah. And metal's, metal's not, not about, about love. No. It's, it's music for people who know no love. Exactly. The only thing they love is metal. Swords. Swords. <laughs> Though his own band went through a number of different lineup changes, Dio would continue to tour and record regularly until his sad death in May of 2010. Sadly, Ronnie died of stomach cancer. His legacy lives on, though, and there's even a Dio hologram tour set to launch later on this spring featuring actual members from the Dio band. To date, Dio has sold over 10 million records worldwide. Dio also popularized the use of metal horns, which you yep. referenced early on, which he claimed his Italian grandmother used it's to ward off the no ward oh, off ward the off. evil eye. Great. It's not a curse. It's get back evil yeah. thing. Yeah. I saw that on VH1. <laughs> oh, the 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 They metal, talked about the him invi- inventing the horns. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because other people would naturally do the horn thing over the years, yeah. but he like just made it such a huge part of his act. Yeah, he always threw the metal. Gene horns. Simmons tried to say he did it first. No, ma'am. Well, that's who. That's because Gene Simmons is Gene Simmons. Yeah, he can't have. He can't let someone else win something <laughs> that he's not even <laughs> that participating he could, in. But he could market it somehow. Yeah. Oh my God! Thank God that he didn't like. Yeah, but Dio's a guy. Even if you're not like a. a a huge deal fan anyone you're like you have to respect deal oh yeah well and he's also stood the 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 test of time not many people take over a legendary band it's like robert palmer's time in power station didn't really leave like a huge imprint (laughs) (laughs) no michael debar took over for for robert palmer i met him power station cool guy michael debar yeah yeah cool guy talk about a life he talked, I was like, dude, you're in Power Station. He was like, yeah, it was terrible. Because <laughs> they just like didn't want. 15 years after he was in like, you know, he was like a real early 70s glam rock. Yeah, guy. for sure. That guy's rad. I yeah. love Duran Duran so much. Yeah, he's got a good radio show too, Michael DeBar. Oh, really? And he was kick-ass on A-Team. Yep. Michael DeBar. Plays such a good well, in the eight, for those uh, When you grew up in the 80s, if there was a British musician, it was going to be played by Michael DeBar on a yeah. TV show or a movie. Or like a foreign villain, rich guy villain. Right. Yeah. He's a good character actor. <laughs> a coke dealer. Yeah. A British coke dealer. <laughs> Ronnie did return to Sabbath on two different occasions uh, through his career. First in 1992 for the Dehumanizer album and tour. And then again in 2006 when Dio teamed back up with Tony and Geezer oh, and right. Vinny. They couldn't call themselves Black Sabbath this time because of Sharon Osbourne. Because of Sharon Osbourne. Because <laughs> Geezer and Tony were doing Black yeah. Sabbath again. Yeah. So they called themselves Heaven and Hell and went out and did a very successful tour Great. in 2008. They were planning to do another round yeah. of Heaven and Hell when Rodney, Ronnie sadly left the planet. But his music lives on. This is Heaven and Hell. This was another big Dio Sabbath song. Yeah. Do you know this one? No, ma'am. We'll, we'll play this out, but Kevin, I want to say, I want to say thank you. Thank you. For sitting here. 
I think we learned a lot. Did we learn a lot today? Yeah. Did we learn anything today? If you think I'm not going on eBay and looking for Dio t-shirts later, Fuck you're Fuck yeah, you are. Yeah. Last in line tour. Look, look, look for that shit. Richard Sheltinga, thank you so much. Super producer. Here, let's just get into the lyrics here for a second. It's important. Yeah, you are. Yes. That's right. That's true. Imagine hearing this after you've smoked your fifth bowl of the afternoon. <laughs> Albuquerque outskirts. <laughs> Am I outside or inside? I don't know anymore. I live in a garage. What's the zoning of this? This is the residence? guys in La Crescenta were fueling themselves on that on that side. I, they were I like saw revving up to fight the devil with that. I definitely saw Dio T-shirts growing up. Yeah, you did. I didn't look long because those guys would fuck you up. All right. Well, again, thank you so much for being here, Kevin. Thank you. Thank okay. you. Thank you. Thank you. Do you have okay. anything to promote as we? Uh, you can just uh, listen move to out? my podcast uh, with Morgan Murphy, Los Feliz, the podcast. It's I need to be on that. She invited me on that, but invited. I haven't been on that yet. You are invited. She wanted me to come on and talk about P twenty two, the mountain lion that lives in Griffith Park. For sure. For sure. Morgan Murphy, it's if you ever hear this, only about have Los me Feliz, on. Guys. I know. Richard, again, thank you for making things sound good, even though I'm unable to talk. Until next time, cats and kittens. Hail Satan. Hail Satan.